Hello, Hello there. there. Welcome, welcome back to Star Wars oh, yeah. in a Galaxy. I'm Eli. And I'm Jacob. And welcome back to this uh, episode. In this episode, we watched the, from the 60-minute mark to the 80-minute mark of The Phantom Menace. And let me tell you, you know what that means. Pod race. Pod racing. Pod racing. Pod racing. Pod racing. Pod racing. Pod racing. And pod racing. Man, I f- I forgot how long it was. Yeah, it was. A it was. Really it was long around scene. half of our. You know, we watched twenty minutes every week. Yeah. It was half of our time. It was like had. Ten, it was just like a ten minute pod race scene with barely any dialogue and and what dialogue there I was. I did. It was like I took more notes. So we, um, Diego and I, I think both take notes um, before we on the episode on the segment we're watching. Before I had more notes about the last five minutes than about the first ten. That's which scary. Were the, which were which were the last five minutes again? The I last five minutes was with like the with um was the freeing of Anakin and the duel with Maul. I had more oh, notes from yeah. that, which took a combination of about five or six minutes. Than the ten minute pod race. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, um, that's funny. But I guess let's just jump into it because there is some stuff with the pod race. Um, yeah, for sure. First of all, we get Star Wars veteran. His first appearance. You who do we got? We got Warwick Davis. Oh yeah, Warwick Davis. He's one of um. He's, he's like uh, hanging out with um Water, right? Yeah, he's this guy you named Weasel. He's this he guy named Wicket, right? He plays Wicked, but he, all of Warwick Davis's characters, by the way, in Star Wars, start with a level uh, name start yeah. with the letter W. It's funny because Wicked's last name is technically Warwick, which yeah, kind of makes and no sense. Actually, it's Wicked W Warwick. Yeah, Wicked W Warwick. No, but he Just plays like, he plays that Weasel. That is the most like Wicked that is the most, Weasel like, comic book thing I've ever heard. Wicked yeah. W Warwick. No, there's Wicket, there's Weasel, there's Wallavin from The Force Awakens. Wallavin? He plays someone in The Force Awakens. I did not know that. Yes. I, it's future Eli. I was looking up uh, all of the Star Wars roles that Warwick Davis have played, has played. Of course, we have Wicket in Return of the Jedi, Ewoks the Battle for Endor, and Caravan of Courage in Ewok Adventure. We have um, Wald, actually. He plays Wald, which is Anakin's Rodian friend in Phantom Menace. Um, Weasel, of course. He actually doubles for Yoda in Phantom Menace, but doesn't count for me because it's, um, Yoda was originally puppeteered and voiced and then voiced again from CGI by Frank Oz, so it's not an original role. Um, he played Wallavin, I was right, in Force Awakens. He was in Rogue One, where he played a character named Weetief Siyubi. He voiced Rook in, uh, Rebels. Again, I'm not counting that one, believe it or not, because Rook appeared in... Before he was canon, he was in the Legends Thrawn trilogy. Um, he plays Wobbekin. Warwick Davis plays Wobbekin in um, The Last Jedi. He plays Weasel in Solo. And he plays Wicket and a character named Wizzik Mazer in Rise of Skywalker. So... That is so literally uh, all of the roles that Warwick Davis plays original original roles um, are starting with the letter W. Fun fact, all background. But Weasel, believe it or not, Weasel grew up left Tatooine, and you know where he then went. You know what he? You know what his next job was? What? He his next job was being part of the Cloud Riders gang. Um, 
That's at, crazy. As a deputy to Enfys Nest. So that's nuts. And we see him in solo as Weasel again, Warwick Davis. Yeah. So Weasel. I love those connections. I really love those connections. Um, let's see what else. Um, we it's it's hilarious to see like how deadly the pod race is, you know what I mean? It's supposed yeah. to be this like basically hot wheels in Star Wars, and yet Ben Quadneros like, doesn't even start. Rats Tyrell dies. I mean, it's really cool, but it's deadly. It's like, where's Rats Tyrell? He died in a he pod di- racing. He died accident. in a in a pod racing accident. This this is not to be like taken lightly, you know. Um, also, as they're as the pod racing, <laughs> all the, as the pod racers are zipping along, you know who we yep. see. We see mm-hmm. another character that there's like one Aura frame. Aura Singh? Yes, I was about to say Aura Singh. Aura Singh. That part I, felt weird to me. I was like, wait, who, what? Like, like at this point, like, we don't know who Aura Singh is, really. So it's just like, this random, like, pale chick in an orange jumpsuit. Like, what? I know. You know, it's like, it's so weird. I was, I remember mentioning this uh, a couple uh, episodes back about Quinlan Voss. It's like, Quinlan Voss was in one frame. Aura Singh really? was in, like, one frame. Wait, where, where was Quinlan Voss? Remember, that, when, when Qui-Gon and Anakin were walking by Sebulba the first time, we see a shot of Quinlan Voss. Uh, or the guy who they modeled Quinlan Voss after. Yeah, that seems more likely. Cause like, yeah, it's not actually I feel actually, like, especially in the prequels, there are a lot of, like, Quinlan. duplicate characters. It's not actually Quinlan. There are a lot Quinlan. of, like, kind of duplicate characters, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, it's not actually Quinlan. It's the character that they modeled Quinlan after. Um... Let's see. Uh, yeah, so Aura Singh shows up. Uh, for those people who don't don't know, Aura Singh was a deadly bounty hunter and eventually a mentor figure to Boba Fett after his father Django gets killed in Attack of the Clones. Um, let's see. I'm looking. Talk about daddy issues! Like holy moly, dude. It is Star Wars. Um. Yeah. Uh, to quote, um. To quote another uh, great sitcom that I think sums up the Boba Fett issue perfectly. How can I have daddy issues if I don't even have a daddy? That That's it. That's the ticker right there. Let's see. Also. That is uh, the kicker. Uh, Anakin and the other pod racers get a little thorn in their side from figures that are m- maybe as, icon- as iconic or almost as I- iconic as Stormtroopers or Boba Fett himself. Tuscan Raiders. Taters. Tuscan Raiders. By the I way, let me Tuscan ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Here we go. This, this is where my logistical part of Phantom Menace analysis uh, comes in. So Tuscan Raiders are just allowed to be on the track sniping pod racers. The Huts yeah, know? I mean, I, Do the Huts I know? Just, yeah, I bet they do. I bet they're just like... Oh well. They don't want to, um, if they die, they they're die. They're just like, oh well. If they, yeah, exactly. It's part of the. It's part of the <laughs> spectacle. Remember, the huts are shrewd. The the huts are like shrewd business uh, people. Remember? I yes. It just seems like it's. It, it's just. It's really. It's really. Um... <laughs> that makes me think of um. You know. Um, oh gosh. In um. Uh, Clone Wars. Whenever um. Hondo Naka's like uh. My uh business associate. 
<laughs> this is my uh, business associate. Yeah, but like, it is. What, what is that like? A what is that supposed to be a euphemism for? He says it so. He says it so like spuriously. It's like yeah. Business. Let's see. Associate. Also, um, let's see. Yeah, we only have one Phantom Menace meme in this entire twenty-minute segment, which made me sad. But we did get one. Jacob, unveil our meme, please. Oh, uh, is it the? I don't care what galaxy you're from. That's got to hurt. Yep, it is. Is it, that? it is. I don't care what galaxy you're from. That's got to hurt. <laughs> Um, it's just such a so, like just iconic, such a funny but like <laughs> iconic for like the wrong reason kind of thing. Yeah. Also, I think we need a new term. Here we go. This is called droid splaining. Droid splaining. What is droid splaining? Is it like explaining something to a droid? No, it's so, it's a droid explaining something. It's the other way around. Oh. It's it's like when exposition is needed to be given, and so they give it to a droid. Um, exposition droid droid's position droid's position i'm changing it from droid explaining to droid's position and i think uh 3po uh i think uh 3po does it in the pod race and he's like he's only completed uh one lap um yeah so yeah that, that felt, felt that part felt so um uh like that part felt so gratuitous the whole Should we pod move into ra- things we disliked? Because I have quite a few. Or the, I have pod some- ra- the pod race yeah, is a mixed bag for me. There's some parts that yeah. are absolutely breathtaking. There are some parts that do not make any sense. For example, yeah. Anakin is flying up in the air. He's racing through firewalls. He's crashing into rocks. And he re- retains such a calm demeanor through it. It does not make sense. Yeah. And then he's like, oh no. And he just doesn't sound at all. I just feel like the pod he- race scene for me... It just reeked of wasted potential. Like there were so many cool shots and cool things, but I feel like it was ruined by the cringy dialogue. Like um, like when uh, what, what's his face? What's her face? Padme was like, "Look, here he comes." And then there were so it felt like there were so many random cuts and random shots that didn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just it also like, felt Ugh. like it. It also Ugh. felt like it dragged on for too long. I understand yeah. the need that Anakin doesn't start immediately, so you gotta have three laps yeah. for him to catch up. But maybe like maybe maybe like lower the odds a little bit in in favor of maybe making the pod race one lap. Yeah. Just, because three laps yeah. makes no sense. And also, it just felt like the sound effects. I don't. This doesn't really make sense, I guess. But the sound effects felt inconsistent in a way. Interesting. Like it, it felt like there were lots of like. I guess it goes back to the same issue. There were like all the weird, weird cuts, kind of that felt sort of random. Yeah. I guess it, it is related to that. We also get some issue, other wonders say. of Tatooine. We got Jawas. Um. First appearance of Jawas, which is great. Um, uh, and of course, I got to do our obligatory Utini! Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Who doesn't love Utini? Uh, I know, I know, I do. Also, 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 let me ask you something. Here's an interesting idea. So at the end of the pod race, Sebulba and Anakin's pods get stuck together through some loose wiring. That's weird. I don't understand that. Sebulba, uh, Anakin does something to b- break Sebulba's off. Sebulba goes flying into the air and he crashes and he goes, Poodoo! Poodoo! Now let me ask you something. Do you think a 
Bliss should have died. Um, I would say I think... yes, because they're going, I mean, Podracers, like, they literally say, like, in the reference books and stuff that they go, like, 400 miles an hour. Yeah. And he's in a tiny, basically a tiny open-topped metal sled going 400 miles an hour. So I think he yeah. has absolutely no no right to be alive. For me, in a ter- in terms of narrative story, in completing the arc of yeah, Anakin defeated his rival who was supposed to win, and in terms of like just in the universe exclama- explanation, I think Sabalba should have died. Yeah, it didn't um, make sense, but I mean, they also, didn't want to make it too dark, and they wanted the Pudu. George Lucas. For I know, but some other reason, pod racers. He died. wanted the. He wanted the. That's true. Here's the thing. Anakin felt overpowered. Like Anakin, just he felt OP. He did feel know. a little OP. He did feel a little like, OP. It's like, oh gosh, now there's this kid, and he's uh, um, all of a sudden he's just like, it felt so weird that like this, just like other pod racers are dying, and then this little kid, all he has to do to like fix his pod. Is to just, just like press a few buttons. The, press a few buttons. Reach out with that stupid magnet grabber, which makes zero sense whatsoever. And, and then, it's also like it's also like if if Sebulba was not a cheater, if Sebulba didn't try to sabotage with his pod with this pod, I'd say yeah, Anakin feels a little bit overpowered, but I can accept it. But Sebulba tried to sabotage his pod, and he's. And, and succeeded in sabotaging his pod, and he was up against a lot of pod racers who cheated regularly. And the fact that he won without cheating at all feels ex- extremely out of place. I know he's supposed to be a prodigy, but you could show that other I ways. know he's supposed to be a prodigy, but it doesn't, make, it, just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't make sense. It feels yeah. out of whack and wrong it, to me. It, it does. Um, Not the fact that he won, but just the way that he won, where like he just like instantly got out of all these situations where other... Like, he got rammed by Sebulba multiple times, and when other people got rammed, they just, like... Kind of... They didn't... They, they just kind of... Got wiped off the face of the earth. And then when he got rammed, like, dude, like, nothing bad happened. And then, like, when someone else's engines didn't work, their entire pod racer flew apart. Well, his Anakin had work, special armor on. He just had a... Special arm... Oh, plot armor. Yep. Oh, I see I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. I was like, I was like, what armor are you talking about, bro? Plot armor. The Plot most armor. powerful armor of all. Anyway, what I was uh, so Anakin wins the race. He, um, uh, Qui Gon is talking to Anakin and Shmi, and he says, um, uh, one of Qui Gon's, I think, most famous lines: "Nothing happens by accident," and. It reminded me of uh, nothing happens by accident. It reminds me of Obi Wan's uh, thirty years later saying, "In my experience, there's no such thing as luck." And it's kind of nice to see that Obi Wan has taken a little bit of Qui Gon in him when he's teaching Luke thirty years later. Yeah, he's like Qui Gon. Qui Gon and Anakin from the pod race win got a lot of money, right? Here's here's a thought, okay? And they also sold the pod, right? Jacob. Yeah, they sold the pod. Okay, let's 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 think about this, okay? What if you use the money from the pod selling to buy Anakin's buy his mother mom out if, of slavery? Yeah, yeah. 
Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. nope. She gets snubbed. She's still sitting on Tatooine. She gets snubbed, yeah. It and it's it's yeah, the whole Shmi couldn't go thing is complete like I don't understand that. There are a gajillion different ways. And I know they tried to cover it up in the book Queen's Shadow by saying that Padme tried to go back to Tatooine and free Anakin's mother, but she couldn't find her because she no. had already been uh, sold to Klee Lars. But that's no. just kind of dumb, man. That's just kind of dumb. Um, yeah, that just... No, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to... Maybe the best part, in my opinion at least, of the 20 minutes that we watched. Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and Anakin are running back to the ship. Anakin, drop. See, I Who think catches up to them? On... Oh. I think he did it on purpose in order to um, make Anakin believe that the low ground was safe. We're going to go there. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there too. Um, anyway, so here's the thing. I... Uh, whenever there is a lightsaber duel from now on, or like any lightsaber activation right now, I'm going to have a turn for that, okay? I'm going to go saber check. So we are having a an official saber check. And what that means is we are going to... So Jacob and I, we know a lot about lightsaber dueling and the aspects saber of like... Saber check, Anakin! Yep. Yeah. So we know a lot about lightsaber... Saber check. So we know a lot about lightsaber dueling, and we, and... Is that like a wave check? I don't, I don't know, but we know a lot about lightsaber dueling, and uh, and we're going to give, in this episode, a quick overview of how lightsaber dueling in-universe actually works. Um, so, Jacob, let me uh, ask you something. How many forms of lightsaber dueling are there? Uh, seven. There are seven traditional forms of lightsaber combat as detailed in, I think it's both light and canon, but I'm treating it as canon because there's no on-earth reason to think it's not canon. Um, actually, no, it is. It's, it's canon because of uh, Rebels Season 1. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. Three. So basically, um, I'm, let's switch off ex- quickly explaining the forms. You go first, Form 1, Jacob. All right, Form 1. This is... Uh... El Basico form, basically. Um, it's like the form that all the everyone learns. When you see younglings. the younglings, when you see the young they're doing. Um, yeah, they're doing. F- they're doing form one cadences and stuff like that. Yeah, they are. Um, form- and okay, go ahead, keep going with form one. Yeah, oh, that, that, that was it. Yeah, Kifisto is like someone who uses form one though. Yeah, he's like supposed also. to be like the master of Form 1, which is also called Shicho. Shicho, yeah. Form 2 is as the Jedi came up upon more and more lightsaber-wielding opponents, they needed to have a form to more, more directly deal with lightsaber-wielding uh, opponents. So they invented to Makashi. Um, and form, form 2 is the most fencing-like style of the of those seven forms it's it involves around precision it revolves around yeah careful lightsaber combat good footwork if this sounds like count dooku it means it's because count dooku is a is the preempt is the prominent master of form two of his time um 
Yes, that is that is correct. Yeah, and go ahead, form is, three. Yeah. Form three. Right, form three. Um. Oh gosh, I forgot the name of it. Sarisu, Sarisu. Still got it. So if I forget the name of one of the forms, like we still got it. Really, don't I'm worry. no longer a Star Wars super fan. No, we got it. We got it. Don't worry. Yeah, all right. She she Cho. Wait, no, no. She Sarisu. Sarisu. It's the um. It's the most um defensive form. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi is a master of it. So is uh, Kanan Jarrus, and um, it's really it's really defensive. It relies on kind of very efficient movements, not where, at all offensive. Um, where Makashi is like a hundred percent offensive, Sorisu is a hundred percent defensive. I wouldn't say Makashi is a hundred percent offensive. It's, no, it's but about, it's Sorisu, Sorisu is a hundred percent defensive by far. Yeah, it is like a hundred percent defensive. Um, it's very good at um, it's it's very good at like um, oh, that's what I'm looking for. Blast um, deflecting black. It's very good at deflecting blaster blaster bolts. Yeah, so it is just um, is very, it's kind of the old reliable form. Yeah, form four Ataru. Um. It is. It was probably the most popular form of the Jedi Order during the prequels. Um, really? It is, yeah. It is the okay. most... I think I got that from the Jedi Path book. Um, they send the Jedi Path a lot that all the Padawans like, w- yearned to learn Form 4. Uh, it was a popular choice. Uh, it's very acrobatic. It has a lot of flippy jumps and, and kicks and cartwheels and all of that stuff. Um... And of course, if and of course, uh, one of the be- one of the preemptive masters of Form Four Ataru Pre- is um, Master Yoda. Is Master Yoda. Yeah. And the thing about Ataru, yeah, the thing about Ataru, or actually, continue. I'll add in. No, go ahead. If- go ahead. Go ahead. Like, the thing about Ataru, also, just like I guess a disclaimer, is that it can vary a lot, like how it looks, based on who's performing it, like based on the size and shape. We'll see of that, that particular person. We'll see that in this duel where Qui Gon, Qui Gon's uh, using a version of what I Qui Gon Jinn uses a version of what, of what I call grounded Ataru, where it has it has a lot of the energy of Ataru. You just stay on the ground. Yeah. Let's see. Go it ahead. It is Ataru. It's just Ataru for like people who aren't two foot tall talking frogs. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much. Form, Form five, five, Shien slash Gemso. Shien and Gemso. Form five is like um, it was. It, it originated from Form three, but um, it was for people who wanted Form three, but with a more offensive edge, also. So it um, it relies on a. It's a bit more aggressive. It relies on um, physically a lot of times these goals physical strength. To perform counterattacks, or it takes the uh, the form three blocks and feints, and turns them on the uh, on the attacker. Yeah. Basically. Are you yeah. talking about? Are you referring to Xi'an or Gemso right now? Uh, I think I'm referring to Gemso because I know that one of them is specifically more for deflecting blaster bolts back Xi'an. at the opponent. That's Xi'an. Xi'an. That's Xi'an. All right then, Xi'an. I right, so Gemso, yeah. Gemso, so I could, I could cover, I could actually, no, never mind. Okay, uh, let's go to Nyman. Nyman is the form for everyone who, who is the, 
Dianan is the form of the black for the black sheep of the Jedi and the Sith. Um, if you don't like wielding single-bladed lightsabers, if you're more a force person, or if you're more a double-bladed lightsaber person, Nyman is your key. Nyman is a mix of forms 1, 3, 4, and 5, um, and also focuses on chaining force-based attacks into your lightsaber sequences. It's also a gateway to a uh, sort of knockoff form of lightsaber combat called Jarkhive Dual Blade Fencing, um, which deals Jarkhive with... Dual Blade Fencing? Which, which is Which deals with... Which is like a lightsaber form for dealing with wielding multiple lightsabers at once or wielding a double-bladed lightsaber. Um, Ooh. We forgot to mention Masters of uh, Form 5, so we'll do Form 5 and Oh, so Masters six. of Form 5? Um, I was going to go with Anakin. I don't, I don't know any Matt. Anakin and Luke, Anakin. I think. I was going to go with uh, Anakin and Vader, really. Va- even Anakin, when- Anakin, Vader, Luke. Vader yeah. kind of switched up his style a little bit once he became, well, Vader. Vader has a weird hybrid Vader, style, Vader, but it's still kind of based off of Form 5. Form 6 yeah, is sure. most famously used. I like any any double-bladed or dual lightsaber user, Ventress, Maul, you know. I think double-bladed also is um Galen Merrick. Double-bladed also. You know, those co- sort of things. Yeah. Well, I think double-bladed can also be like um uh form 7. Okay, yeah, sure. We'll get to Form 7 when we get to Form 7, which is about Darth Maul right is now. definitely not, like, Form 6, I would say. He uses would Form 6 that. for, like, the dual-bladed capacity of it, but he uses he uses Form 6 with a Form 7 edge. Um, but Form 7... Form 7 is, like... If Slytherin... Like, form 7 is the Slytherin of lightsaber forms. Because it's what all the bad guys use. Um... Be aggressive, be e aggressive. It's yeah, very um yeah, it's very aggression based. It's you, about um yeah. But there's Juyo and um Vapad. Vapad. We'll talk I'll take about Juyo and then for, you explain yeah. Vapad. Uh, so basically yeah. Juyo is like the regular form seven. So it's like using all your rage to create like a furnace inside of you and then just kinda go ham, you know? Yeah, it's what most Sith use Sidious yeah. small you know, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a quote about Vapod. Vapod is not a fighting style; it's a state of mind, which is very true. Vapod is not your normal lightsaber form. It's not you perform these katas, these cuts a certain way, and you win. Vapod is a state of mind that light side users who are influenced heavily by the dark side but do not fall necessarily use. The most prominent one of those being, of course, Mace Windu. Um, Vapod uses a series of four of cuts and katas and all of the those like lightsaber cadences to, with a combination of a certain mindset. And Mace Windu also applied it with something he called the superconducting loop, which repeatedly like flows dark energy through your body but doesn't actually touch it um, to yourself. It's a very complicated state of mind, and you don't see it a lot in canon or legends used by anyone other than Mace Windu. Vapod is Juyo for Mace Windu. Vapod is Juyo for Mace Windu. That's the most way to describe it. So, uh, Jacob, let's go um, look up right now the Maul and Qui-Gon fight on YouTube. And you know the option to change the speed of it? Yeah. 
change the speed to about 0.25 speed. And then Maul does a Whoa. flippy jump a in flippy the air. Jump. That's pretty great. And then he crashes down. Qui-Gon strikes at him again. And so here's what we're, we're seeing a lot of what I call the grounded Ataru style right there, where Qui-Gon's very energetic. He uses his body a lot to chain his lightsaber attacks, but he never actually leaves the ground. Maul, on the other hand, he doesn't. He wants to keep his double-bladed lightsaber a sequence, so he he just kind of he just kind of hacks at Qui Gon. Honestly, any other analysis yeah. to add? Uh, no, not really. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty quick one. It's a pretty quick but, one. Um, There's not a lot. There's yeah, it's cool. I think from a filmmaking perspective, and I, I don't know if a filmmaking is right, but like, it's cool that they like keep it a secret till the very end. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's a good choice from a story perspective, I think. Um, yeah, I, I like you know. Um, there's a lot I like about this duel. Um, it's interesting. It's energetic. It's the first like you know the 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 originals, especially at the beginning. A New Hope, even some of Empire stuff, was quite a bit clunky and slow. This automatically improves the like pacing of it. It's quick. It's energetic. It does feel a little bit choreographed. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it feels a little bit over choreographed, but you know, but not actually overly. So, like, it doesn't feel like compared to some other prequel fights. I don't think it feels uh, choreographed. But Jacob, just like we mm-hmm. rate all of our like all the movies and media we watch out of ten, I'd like to start ranking the lightsaber duels. Out of 10. So what do you think? Out of 10, what is this lightsaber duel for you? I would say it is like a 7 out of 10. 6 out of 10. Like, it's solid. Nothing special, but like, it's... Yeah, I'm going with 6 or 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'd go with something like that. I I agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's really it for this episode. Other than one other thing, Anakin gets on the ship and meets Obi-Wan... And and thus a beautiful ish friendship is born. I say ish because of you know <laughs> because yeah. of the because of the Vader stuff, but you know yeah well that comes later. Up yeah. until Vader, it was That's, pretty damn good. Up until Vader, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that is going to be it for this episode of In a Galaxy. Um, we will be back next week watching the from the eightieth. To one hundredth minute of Phantom Menace. Um, in the meantime, uh, let me tell you, lovely people, what you can do. You can subscribe to us on Anchor, on Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Google Podcasts, all of that beautiful stuff. Healthcare.gov. Um, follow, follow me on healthcare.gov. <laughs> Just do it. Uh, what else? You can subscribe. You know, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at in a galaxy cast. Jacob and I will be yes. posting stuff about stuff we find about Star Wars on Twitter. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's Star Wars in a Galaxy. Uh, and on our YouTube channel, watch Star Wars Beyond a Galaxy. Yes, watch Star watch Wars it. Beyond a Galaxy. Um, it is us playing video games, talking about Star Wars. I I posted our uh, first episode at the beginning of May. It's just me, 
It's not going to be both of us. It's going to be yeah. me, then Jacob, then me, then Jacob. Uh, I got it, an episode coming up too, so it's going to be actually, what, a the, week after our, that? Actually, our episode is, um, your episode, by the time we post this, is out. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, amazing. Yep. Amazing. Because um, this All is posted right. on the Friday, so so the Monday past of this Friday um, is the episode, is uh, Jacob's first episode playing uh, Galaxy of Heroes 3v3 Grand Arena. Um, mm-hmm. I also had an episode at the beginning of May doing Battlefront 2. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, may the Force be with you. May the Force Always. be with you. <laughs>